Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 80 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 137 of Recitopia continues. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was AEW Dynamite going down live from the Key Bank Center in Buffalo, New York, the debut of AEW in that market. And it was a very newsworthy show as we got some more information regarding the melee that went down post all out involving CM Punk, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, A Steel, Michael Nakazawa, Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, and probably more people that were involved in this fight that broke out after CM Punk went off during his media scrum post pay-per-view. And the news is really there is no news. There is a confirmed report from Sports Illustrated noting that everybody that was associated with the fight itself has been suspended outside of CM Punk and a still that could be a suspension and or termination from AEW pending a third party investigation that is ongoing at this time. So no news officially on any suspensions being levied publicly by the company itself only reported by Sports Illustrated and confirmed by other media outlets and the wrestling industry. This is a very fluid situation that can change day to day. And I have offered snippets of my thoughts across two shows. And I want to offer my complete take on the situation in that CM Punk's behavior at that media scrum was highly unprofessional. And I do look to Tony Khan as the guy that sat there and listened for 23 minutes as his AEW world champion went off on everybody from Hangman Page to the EVPs. Those are people in your inner circle that you can fight in on key storylines and how you basically put your show together on a weekly basis. They are your day ones. There was a talent meeting a couple of weeks prior to All Out to air out all of these issues. That did not happen. In fact, it was reported by various sources that this issue regarding Coca Cabana being removed from AEW and transferred to Ring of Honor was a sticking point. That was a CM Punk decision that Tony Khan had to agree to in order to maintain the peace on the roster. Tony Khan denied it, so has CM Punk, but that core issue was never explicitly discussed in that talent meeting. Instead, it took place in the press and on camera for the world to see post all out. And that made for a very ugly night that won't soon be forgotten. And accountability must be had by everyone involved. This is a very tenuous situation in that the fallout is going to have reverberations in this company for years to come. Every side has their story and the fans will take a side. The elite will never be looked upon unanimously as being the good guys ever again. CM Punk will never be the hero of heroes ever again. Even tonight, Hangman Page got boo birds in Buffalo because he started this via his shoot comments prior to Double or Nothing. I thought nothing of it. CM Punk had a chance to respond three months ago during the first media scrum for his first championship run that ended in a few days, and he never went into it. So he let it sit for two more months and come back and fire that shot at Hangman Page knowing he could not respond. That was shady shit. Now, if I go back in time to the feud leading up to Double or Nothing involving Page and Punk, I could tell that something felt very raw for Hangman Page. You can read through storylines with MJF and John Moxley, but something felt very raw and real for Hangman Page. There was real animosity with him and CM Punk that ran pretty damn deep. 
So when he made that comment, if Punk knew that was a low blow, why not address it head on day damn one or at the least during the initial media scrum after double or nothing? Instead, you sit on it and you go off on live TV, unscripted, Hangman cannot respond, and it just builds and builds from there, which led to what happened on Sunday. And it's a very sad situation because a year ago, we were happy, we were elated, CM Punk is back, and he's on a hell of a run, and he's beloved, and it's all good, and then it's not. And Tony Khan's got to take some responsibility for this. You sat there, and you let this shit fester and fester and fester until it blew up in his face. And now he's paying the price too. He got boo birds last night on screen during his announcement of what was going to happen with these titles, which I'll get to momentarily. He got mixed reactions coming out in front of the people. That never happened until now. So all of this is going to lead to divisions amongst your fan base on whose side they're going to take because it's never going to be unanimous. Everybody is going to pick a corner to stand in pockets of your fan base is now fractured and people can say there's money to be made but there was a lot of animosity a lot of bad blood between several people that might be irreparable if more news comes out as of last night the elite CM Punk have been wiped from the intro of Dynamite nowhere to be found they were not mentioned by name suspensions are not publicly announced but CM Punk Due to injury and what happened after All Out has been stripped of the AEW World Championship. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega have been stripped of the trio's championships as well. New champs were crowned last night on that end. As for the AEW World Championship, there's going to be a big-ass tournament featuring the best of the best. A champion's row, so to speak. We had Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page last night. On Rampage will be Darby Allin versus Sammy Guevara, part four. Those winners will face... Chris Jericho and Moxley next Wednesday on Dynamite. And those winners will move on to the championship match at Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe Stadium on Wednesday, September 21st. That's the announcement. No interim titles will be added to this championship. You will be the AEW champion, point blank, period. And it's stunning. A stunning turn of events. But this is the things that would test the strength of a company moving forward. This is one hell of a learning experience for Tony Khan. And I hope it's a lesson learned and that you can't let everybody get in your ear. You can't let people run over you. You got to be the top guy in charge making the difficult decisions. And he made some tough decisions last night with more tough decisions coming in the days to come as this investigation continues to unfold. There are many sides to this story that we don't know about yet. And The final call on Punk's future could come today, tomorrow, next week, whenever. But the sides have been taken. They will never be moved after this week. If there's money to be made from this, fantastic. But the lines have been drawn. There will be pro and anti-elite chants. There'll be pro and anti-CM Punk chants. That's how it's going to be. Hangman Page got that treatment tonight in some respects, despite his awesome match against Brian Danielson. You hear some of it. Like, you started this. Look what you did. You get away unscathed. That's how they feel in some circles. So the table has been set. The factions have been laid out and the sides have been taken. And it's just a situation that I never saw coming. We've seen crazy things this year in professional wrestling. I don't want to say this is the craziest because we've had big stories ranging from Cody leaving AEW and going back to WWE, Vince's departure from WWE, and now this. My God. 
this is really a year that will be documented for decades to come via print and possibly visual documentaries because damn, a lot has happened this year and we're not done yet. So buckle up. But despite the murkiness of some things, there's good. A lot of good, actually. And some of that good kicked off with Maxwell Jacob Freeman, the devil himself, coming out to a great ovation in Buffalo. This was kind of bizarre world. Long Island light almost. He rocks a Josh Allen football jersey. And he is all in on the Buffalo Bills. He is proud to be the devil. He is getting the baby face treatment. Say, I didn't mean those things I said a few months ago about wanting more money or leaving AEW. I want to be here forever. I love this place. I love all of you. And even though I'm not a part of this tournament to crown a new champion I have the poker chip that is my golden ticket to a title shot whenever I want because I work smarter not harder that's my mo and I just want to tell all of you that I'm going to carry you through these dark times there was a guy named Moses that parted the Red Sea as he freed his people from Pharaoh but I'm not Moses in fact I'm better than Moses I'm going to free all of you from what we're going through right now. It's going to be all right because I'm Maxwell Jacob Freeman and you know it. The fans love him. It's bizarre. It's fucking ridiculous, but I love it because as I keep saying, Maxwell is so good at 26 going on 27 imminently. He's just got that special sauce on the mic that will make you love him one minute and hate him the next. And he can vacillate between the two with the greatest of ease. And John Moxley comes out to reveal the ruse. Stop bullshitting these people. You're full of crap. And Maxwell says, you're right. I don't care about these stupid people. I don't care about Buffalo. Your football team sucks. Josh Allen ain't shit. And besides, I am using this as a bargaining chip for 2024. If I win the championship, I'm going to be the most lucrative free agent in professional wrestling history. I might take my talents to a real wrestling organization that knows what they're doing. I might trade one con for another. Hi, Nikki. How you doing? I might play the game like my favorite wrestler because that's what's best for business. And John says, listen, I'm not in the mood for this shit. You might want to leave right now for I kick your ass myself. He takes off his jacket. Max tries to take off his dress shirt. The sleeves aren't cooperating. And he's pitching a fit. I love it. But let me tell you something. Maxwell is in great shape. I looked respectively as he stormed off like the heel bitch that he is as he was a baby face for five good minutes and a heel the next. He's great. The best. And Moxley cut a promo from the heart because he's been pissed off. The last few days, he was supposed to be on vacation, but I'm here because I love this place. I love what it meant to be a champion. It was more than what it carries in terms of its weight and what it's made of. It's about passion. It's about blood, sweat, and tears. It's about bringing out the best in yourself every single time you come out here. It's about pulling this company through a pandemic by putting the weight of this company on your back and producing time and time again. This championship is a reminder to kill off what's bad about this business and bring forth what can be so special about it. I want to bring it back to where it was. I dropped the ball on Sunday at All Out. I missed my shot, but I got several chances to get that ball and make that shot in the next couple of weeks against the likes of Brian Danielson, who's better than me in this ring in every way. Guys like Darby Allen and Samuel Guevara, who are younger, faster than me, but I can still go against the very best. Chris Jericho, a guy I beat for the championship. So I'm going to take the shot. I'm not going to miss this time. And he just cuts this fiery and passion promo because he is really the heart and soul of AEW. And ironically enough, CM Punk says, I'm the dollar in the sense. No, homie. John Moxley is the heart and soul of AEW. 
this man carried this company during a pandemic, during his first year, when nobody was fucking there besides the wrestlers as fans and a select group of fans eventually that was able to enter Daly's place. John Moxley carried. He was responsible for keeping the lights on in a lot of ways. So let's not get it twisted. Money and sense is nice. Look what good it is right now. You might not be here because of those dollars and cents. But John Mox is doing just fine being the beating heart of this organization. And you need that. You need that conscience to tell you that this place is better without some of the toxicity causing all the trouble for the last few months. And I like CM Punk. I do. But facts are facts. And Mox put it out there without saying the name directly. Great job to kick off Dynamite last night on TBS. Next up is... A matchup involving Death Triangles, Ray Phoenix, Penta L0M, and the Bastard Pack, the All-Atlantic Champion, going up against Best Friends, Trimperetta, Chuck Taylor, and Orange Cassidy for the AEW Trios World Championship. And this was a really good match. Got some comedy from Penta and Orange early on as Penta takes off the glove and tosses it to Alex Epahantis. And then Orange takes off his shades and throws it to Dan Housen, who's over with the people last night. An early highlight was Death Triangle tossing Best friends over the top rope only for them to hit a flip dive on all three members of death triangle on the outside in a great spot as we go picture in picture we come back and denhausen's trying to curse pack on the outside pack blocks the curves and he hits denhausen low before orange cassidy lands a dive to pack on the outside before going up top for a crossbody in the ring followed by a tornado ddt for a very close near fall from there the action picks up nicely with taylor and beretta hitting a soul food half and half combo on ray phoenix followed by a tornado ddt T on Ray as well. All six men got involved and hit their big finishers with Penta landing made in Penta on Orange Cassidy. At one point, Death Triangle is going to reverse a crunchy on Phoenix with a pair of super kicks, but Pac makes a save after a crunchy off a waffle combo on Penta and Phoenix, courtesy of Beretta and Taylor, almost cost his team the match. The highlight of the match was a triple Canadian destroyer spot, courtesy of Death Triangle, two best friends, Penta and Ray Land. The Fear Factor on Chuck Taylor as a wipeout orange and Trent on the outside, which leads to Pack landing a beautiful black arrow on Chuck Taylor to win the AEW World Trios Championships. This was a great match. The fans were hot for it. I was pulling for Orange to win some gold in AEW. We're still waiting for that. But all in all, this was a great way to kick off the action from an in-ring standpoint as Pac is now double belted in the singles ranks, which is very nice to see. Next up is Tony Storm versus Penelope Ford. The match is fine for what it was as Tony was going for the hip attack in the corner. Penelope avoids it and she slams Tony face first and two. The still steps as we go picture in picture, we come back and Tony makes a comeback with a suplex followed by the hip attack in the corner. And I think Penelope was going for some sort of Northern Light suplex, but it went awry as Tony landed a DDT kind of sort of for the win. Nice victory for Tony Storm match so-so, but at least they're not taking up space during the 920 to 940 hour because that was a timing trope that I could not stand. Put the ladies on earlier in the show with purpose and would be good to go for future reference. Next up is Warlow defending his TNT championship against Tony Nese. He wipes out Tony with four power bombs in relatively quick fashion as Tony made the mistake to piss off Warlow head, but clothesline the powerbomb symphony for the one, two, three. Warlow gets on the mic after going after Mark Sterling. 
but he's stopped by Josh Woods. But he gets on the mic and lets everybody know that I heard people talk about me, that Warlow's washed. He's lost a step. He doesn't have that same mojo, but let it be known, I am still that guy putting respect on this TNT championship. I'm going to take on all comers. As I remind you, this is Warlow's world. This was the reaffirmation statement to say who Warlow is. And I do think that post double or nothing, Warlow's momentum did take a hit because MJF took 10 power bombs and he went out on a stretcher, no sold it days later, and he cut that pipe bomb promo that still sticks out to this day as one of the best moments in AEW history. But Warlow's momentum took a hit. He won the TNT Championship from Scorpio Sky, but it's been little to nothing ever since. He has moments, but we need more because Warlow really has the potential to be a top-tier star if given a chance. And I just want him back to where he was over hot with the ladies. Hi, how you doing? And the dudes too that respect Wortlow's power and strength and his badassery. And I think he has the tools to be a top tier star if pushed properly. And hopefully that is an acknowledgement of what they need to do to get him back on track heading into the heart of the fall season. Next up is Max Castor on the live mic. And for legal reasons, he can't cut a rap. And Swerve cuts him off, gets great heel heat as the acclaimed are over as hell. They shocked me at all out. I was not anticipating them to be that over. Billy Gunn getting that pop in 2022 is wild. But good for them as we set up a massive rematch for the AEW World Tag Team titles in two weeks time at Grand Slam involving Swerve in Our Glory versus The Acclaimed. And I expect a title change that night. You can't tease it in Chicago and not deliver when it counts most at Arthur Ashe Stadium. But as always, we shall see. Next up is by far the best match from last night's show. It's Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page in a first round matchup to determine the new AEW World Champion. This match is fantastic. Hangman Page and Brian Danielson's chemistry is everything. Their first match, the 60-minute draw for the title Late last year was spectacular. I thought that might have been my second favorite match of the year in North America. That's how special it was. The sequel was just as good. This match was great as well. As both men know each other so well in the ring, as Danielson went after the left shoulder of Hangman Page, the shoulder he uses to set up the buckshot lariat. He delivers strikes and kicks in the corner. Hangman fights back with strikes of his own to Danielson via chops. He goes for a follow-away slam into a plancha on the outside before going for a dead eye that misses thanks to Danielson blocking it and going after the biceps once again. Eventually Danielson is going to hit a kick to Page and gets a two out of it. Hangman cuts off Danielson and lands a moonsault follow-away slam from the top rope for two. It's spectacular. Hangman goes to the buckshot lariat, but Danielson is going to roll out on the other side of the ring. Both men end up on the apron and Danielson delivers a ringer to Hangman as he continues to go after the left arm. Eventually, they get back in the ring and they trade strikes and chops as the fans booing gay for each man. Hangman lifts up Danielson for an elevated power bomb for a near fall. Danielson hits those hammer and anvil elbows on the top of the turnbuckle and goes for a superplex off the top rope, which is countered with a backflip courtesy of Hangman Page. He is so goddamn talented. But as he goes for the lariat, Danielson is going to counter with the label lock to crank pressure on that biceps to prevent the buckshot lariat once again so Danielson keeps going after the arm by applying an arm breaker at one point as well hangman page does respond with a dead eye but as he goes for a moonsault press in the ring Danielson counters with a busaku knee but hangman page is very ring aware he rolls out of the ring onto the floor lands a pop-up power bomb to Danielson on the hardest part of the ring you guess the ring apron followed by an all-hard moonsault goes to the buckshot lariat and misses as Danielson rolls through with an O'Connor roll with the bridge to win 
the match and move on to face Chris Jericho next Wednesday on Dynamite for a shot at the AEW World Championship at Grand Slam in two weeks' time in New York City. This was a great match. The fans were mostly pro Hangman Page, but the Boo Birds were loud and about last night. And as I said at the top of the show, sides have been taken and hopefully things will calm down in time, but I don't see unanimous cheers for Hangman the Elite and or CM Punk if he stays in AEW once all of this is settled and over with. But the action between Danielson and Paige was strong to make you forget about all the shit that went down at that scrum this past Sunday. Their talent knows no limits. And this matchup was a prime example of that in the best possible way. As we now prep ourselves for the main event involving Willa Yuta versus Daniel Garcia for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. And Daniel Garcia gets the hero's treatment from Westside Gun as he wrapped Garcia down to the ring. It was a great entrance and Garcia is so over in his hometown and I love Daniel Garcia now I was iffy on him because I didn't see his personality for his first six or seven months in AEW but being a part of the Jericho Appreciation Society has brought out something in him that just screams superstar he has charisma he's got swag and he's got the talent as a goddamn technician in that ring that can go bell for bell and normally really you would be beloved in buffalo but he's not repping buffalo so he's booed on this night he embraces the boo birds as this is a great technical matchup the grappling is on point the slaps are great but it's all about the german suplexes in succession from both willa yuda and daniel garcia at one point garcia lands an avalanche german to willa yuda who lands on his head in an absolutely sick spot and after three attempts of locking in the dragon slayer leg lock he is going to make willa yuda tap as he becomes the new pure champion it was a great victory with a tremendous reaction from the live crowd. And this was a fantastic way to end Dynamite with the confetti celebration in honor of Garcia winning the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. He shakes hands with Willa Yuta and Brian Danielson comes out to present the belt to Garcia by wrapping it around his waist. Chris Jericho's pissed off at this as Garcia shakes Danielson's hand to wrap up Dynamite on a high note. This was a very newsworthy but strong in-ring show that reminded where AEW's bread and butter is. When there's no drama, they're at their best when they just deliver bell-to-bell action. AEW is a collective. It's not about one person. It's a family. That was what this company was built on three and a half years ago. And it's time to get back to basics. What happened this past weekend was a bad look. And it's a reminder that people are flawed and that hero worship is highly overrated. You can like and respect someone, but you don't know them. You don't know their story. You don't know their ambitions or motivations. And that's something a lot of fans had to readjust in the last couple of years because we don't know these people. They show us one face. They show us what they want us to see. And there's another side to it that can be ugly at times. And we saw that ugliness on display this past Sunday. And there are sides to the story and there are factions set up. With everybody taking a side, I'm taking no sides on this. Everybody loses. But AEW had to come through the fire, and they did so by delivering a very good show. Tony Khan, he's got a lot to answer to because I don't know how long the boober is going to last on him. This is something that he has to really understand as his first big test of, hmm, everything I touch doesn't turn to gold. you got to be accountable as the leader, the guy that writes the checks, the guy that sets the standard and sets the tone for what this company can and should be. There's greatness in AEW. We've seen it. But at some point, you got to cut off the toxic people that can bring this company down. 
before you end up being a yes man yourself. And that is never a good look. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 80 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Wrestoptopia. There you can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do. Search Wrestoptopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back Saturday morning with episode number 50 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager. Until then, enjoy your Thursday and your Friday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. <laughs>